you've got this thriving under pressure. Interestingly, we set this as a theme about six weeks ago, not knowing what was coming, and it's proved to be quite a prophetic theme for us right now. It's one of the things, I don't know if you've found this, but I've really found this, is it's kind of like another frequency or a whole lot of thoughts have hit my head uh, that aren't normally there. And it's, so instead of kind of, you know, I've got normally too many things going around in my brain, but now I've got another thing and all the implications of it. So this week we were flying to Sydney for some filming for the Global Presence Tour and I was literally walking out the door thinking, what are we going to do on the weekend? What are we going to do for C3 as a a global family? All these different thoughts. Plus, On one hand I had a jacket on a coat hanger and the other hand I had a really nice coffee. I got to the bottom of the stairs. I'm like, okay, we're about to go jump in the car. In my mind I'm thinking, take the coat off the coat hanger, throw the coat hanger on the floor and walk out the door in my mind. But what actually happened with all these things going around in my brain, I threw the coffee on the floor and kept the coat hanger. And I mean, if you know me, I love coffee. That was a, tr- that was a first world tragedy right in that moment. And uh, we got through, but th- th- I know this is what's going on. Too many things, too many things going on in my brain. And so it's good to just stop and to really look to God as we are right now. So today what I want to do, as we've been, last week we looked at the life of Jesus. This week I want to look at the life of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a legend. He was, he was a furious, fast-paced, change-the-world kind of God and, uh, guy. And God radically apprehended his life because he was going 180 degrees away from God, God radically apprehended his life and he became this amazing on fire man who wanted to change people's lives all around the world. And this guy, he knew a, two, a thing or two about challenges, all right? He, he understood difficulties. The, the Bible tells us that he was lashed 39 times uh, by the Jews, uh, five different occasions. They tell me that that would almost kill one person one time. He had it five times. The Bible says that, that he was beaten with rods to the point of death three times. It says he was stoned once. And I'm not talking like Woodstock stoned, okay? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Not that. Uh, I'm talking about stoned with rocks, okay? He, he was shipwrecked three times. The list goes on. He was accustomed to pain and difficulties. The shipwreck thing was pretty full on. It, there was one particular moment that, that we're going to talk about today that, that engaged a whole ship just getting destroyed and what he didn't. I mean, he was, under, he was in jail. He lived a couple of years in Rome under house arrest. So he, he gets the whole isolation thing, all right? The self well, it wasn't self-isolation, but someone isolated him. And today I want to look at the story uh, that we, we read in Acts chapter 27, the book of Acts. And this is what had happened. Paul had already been arrested. He'd had two years in prison and he'd appealed to the Roman um, king Caesar at that moment. He'd appealed to Caesar and he said, I need to go from Jerusalem to Rome. And so he'd been thrown uh, with a whole lot of other prisoners on a, on a massive ship. And the, the Bible tells us the Roman commander in charge's name was Julius, as in Julius Caesar. In fact, when I read it, I, I just think Julian, as in Madagascar, Julian. Oh, I like to move it, move it. Uh, you know what I mean? Okay. But not that, not Julian, but Julius. All right. And Julius is in command of all of these guys, and he's got to uh, take them from Jerusalem all up the coasts and get them eventually to Rome. And he's in a hurry. And Paul keeps saying, hey, we should do this and not that, and they don't do it. And it ends up that they get in this massive storm. 
Uh, it tells us that the storm was like a hurricane, that they were buffeted so much that they had to wrap the ship up with ropes to try and hold it together, that they threw all the cargo overboard, and eventually they threw the tackle of the ship overboard. They talked about killing the prisoners so that they wouldn't escape, and it says for days there was no daylight or stars, so for days that was just dark, bleak, and hurricane-like in this ship, not a good moment to be seasick, like I tend to get a little bit okay not a good moment and so eventually it says that all of them including the the experienced sailors gave up hope of life now that's a storm that's 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 a game changer for many people and I want to read out of Acts chapter 7 exactly how Paul stood up in this moment because I believe as Christians, while the world is in a, a storm, and it's a storm we don't know if it's going to last a couple of weeks or if it's going to last months. We don't know. That's part of the uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen financially. We don't know what's happening health-wise. All sorts of things happening. But in the moment when everyone else gave up hope and was freaking out, Paul, with Jesus Christ on the inside of him, stood up with hope and clarity. And that is the job of the church in, in any hour of darkness, in any season of a storm. And this is what it says in verse 21. It says, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together. He's not in charge, but he's giving leadership and said, men, you should have, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left crate. Just dug that one in there. Should have, you know, guys, should have listened to me. Uh, I'm leaving that alone because we've all done that. Uh, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship's going to go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I saw serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. And then this is, this is the verse I want to preach out of. He says, so take courage, for I believe God, it will be just as he said. And I want to share this message with us this morning as Paul stands out. I believe those same words, I want to say them to you. I want to say them direct into your heart. Take courage. I believe God. It will be exactly as he said. Let's look at those three thoughts right now. You might be right now, maybe this week you've lost your job. Maybe this week you're worried about your business and what's going to happen uh, to your economic livelihood. Maybe you're concerned about uh, your, your home and you're one of those people who are vulnerable. You're aged or you have some kind of illness that makes you more vulnerable and there's, there's fear that's just, it's a scary time. Uh, maybe you're, you're feeling just that whole sense of isolation from family right now. You've had to self-isolate for whatever reason. And you, you know, there's a reason that prisoners put in solitary confinement. It's not nice. It's scary. And so maybe that's what's going on in your life. Maybe you had something special planned that you've been saving up for or looking forward to and it involved travel and now it's gone. You're not sure if you're going to get the money back. You're not sure what's going to happen. And, and all of those things are real things. We're not going to sit here and go, oh, there's no storm. We're not going to sit here and pretend it's all good. Because it's not all good. There are painful things happening right now in our world. But I want to tell you, although it's not all good, the Bible tells us in Romans that God can take all things and cause them to work together for good. So the first phrase is this phrase, take courage. And I love this phrase, take courage. Take courage. Because look, we know the word encourage. Encourage means I put courage in you. 
I take it upon myself to give someone a phone call, to, to FaceTime someone, to, to text something, and I put courage in you. And, and I think that's a really important thing for all of us to do in this season, to encourage other people, to increase our level of connection and communication. It's, if you're part of the church, we're one big family, and it's our moment to reach out to the family and think of who's isolated. And if in praying, you get prompted about a person, reach out to them, reach out, whether they're part of the church or your neighborhood or friends, reach out. Let's be encouragers. But he doesn't say encourage, he says take courage. It's take courage. It's, like, it's an active thing. It's not something that someone's doing for me or doing to me. It's something that I'm doing myself. Uh, there's, a, there's a sense in this, in this moment that, that I'm, you know, the world and the devil is trying to put stuff on me and take courage off me. He's trying to put fear on you and take courage off you. He's trying to put anxiety on you. He's trying to put a, 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 a film of heaviness over your home and over your life right now. And he's trying to rob you of your peace. That's the devil's plan in the middle of this virus. He's, there's something spiritual that's happening behind what's naturally happening. And that's his plan. He wants to take it off you. But the encouragement from God to us is you take courage. You, in the words of the prophet Taylor Swift, shake it off and take some courage all right just shake it off shake off that fear shake off that worry shake it off it's 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 an emotion that you don't have to live under if you make a decision I'm going to take courage Jesus said it like this Matthew 14 verse 27 he, he spoke to them at once they were in a storm same situation don't be afraid he said take courage because I am here and I want to say that to every one of us no matter where you are no matter what's going on, no matter what bad news that you've had, the thing that gives us courage, is the, as the Bible tells us, that God will never leave us or forsake us. He won't leave us alone. He won't leave you hanging out there on your own. He is with you. His presence is with you in your lounge room. His presence is with you in your home. His presence is with you in that hotel. His presence is with you wherever you are right now. He will not leave you or forsake you so you can take courage. So if that's a verb, that means I'm doing something to do it. Well, what can I do practically? Well, you can minimize uh, letting stuff get on you by all the things you read. Be updated, but don't, don't read and get so absorbed in the internet and all the fear that, that the spirit of fear gets on you at the same time. Be aware of what's going on, but don't, because what you feed on is what the spirit of that will get on you. So it's a time to be informed and to be aware, but it's a time to feed on the Bible. It's a time to open this word up and meditate and think and say it over and over. It's a time to fill your house with worship music and sing these songs, I will stand. The, 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 the songs that we, even in the darkness, even with the virus, I, I do like to make up my own words. I will trust in you, okay? You, you, can, you can just sing those songs because as you say them, you're taking courage as you declare them. Pray. I like to listen to prophecies. I like to listen to preaching messages. I like to, I like to declare, speak out loud what God said. I, I, as a church, we'll be doing some more uh, C3 Powerhouse Facebook live events. Just tune into those things because we're determining to put courage into you. Stay tuned for those moments. Take courage. The, the next thing he says is, I believe God. Or another version says, have faith in God. You know, everyone's got faith in something right now. Some people's faith is in the doctors. It's in science. 
Some people's faith is in our politicians, not as many probably, but some they're like, okay, I think they're making the right decisions and we're praying for our leaders that God would give them wisdom right now. Some people's faith is in the bank or, or their business or the money that they've got saved up or, or some people have got faith in their plan. But I want to encourage you right now, all of those things are shifting sands. They'll come and they'll go. Your circumstances will change. I don't know what's going to happen over the next six months to all of us. I don't know what's going to happen to us in terms of our circumstances. But what I do know is my God's got this. I do know he cares about the infinite details of your life and my life. So I'm making a decision. I'm going to have faith in God. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian writer, wrote this. He said, crisis is God's megaphone to get our attention or pain is God's megaphone to get our attention. Maybe this moment right now, we've been sailing along comfortably in life, but maybe this moment gets my attention and I begin to think, of, well, what, what is my anchor in a storm? What is the difficult things? That, when the difficult things hit, what do I believe in? And I'd encourage you in a moment, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Maybe you've drifted away from God. Maybe you once had a relationship with God, but you've got disconnected with him. Maybe you've never actually invited God into your life. When you invite God into your life, the thing that people tell me over and over again, this is what happens. Two things happen. Most people will say this. I just got this incredible sense of supernatural peace because I'm right with my heavenly father. That's the first thing. And then the second thing people so often say when they make the decision to invite God in their life, they say this. They say, I felt a burden or a weight lift off me that I didn't know was on me. And that was my sin and disconnection from God. And suddenly peace fills my heart, a burden lifts off me, and I feel lighter. That's what happens when we put our faith in God. Not just on a one-off basis, but a new relationship. And the third thing that he said, and I love this, he said, take courage. Have faith in God. It will be exactly as he said. Oh, I want to I speak to someone right now. And you've had some promises from God over the last little while. And suddenly the goalposts have drastically shifted. Suddenly everything's changed. And you're like, I don't know. Is, does, did God, does that promise still count? Uh, I, I, I had a dream this week. Okay, And I used to think dreams were like food dreams, bad pizza, whacked out, all right? But I've learned uh, to know that sometimes God speaks to us through a dream. And in this dream, I was at a kitchen table with, with a lady and her husband from our church. And she'd started a business uh, in the last 12 months, and it involved importing products from China and selling them online. And I could see she was uh, crying and upset. It's like, you know, this is as if this is going to happen. I remember the Lord encouraging me to say to her, hey, well, what, what did God say? What did God say? Because God knew this was coming. He's not sitting there in heaven going, oh, don't, oh, flip. What are we going to do now? I didn't know this was coming. Oh, my gosh, angels, angels, quick, quick, second backup plan. He's not doing that. He, he knows everything. And he knew what was going to happen when he gave you that promise. When he spoke into your heart, when he put that scripture in your heart, when that prophecy came over your life, he knew this was going to happen. So this, this is what the Lord said, tell her. And I saw myself in the dream saying, so what you need to do is just hold on to God and hold on to the promise. 
because the promise still counts. It will happen exactly as he said. I love this verse. I read it during the week in Numbers 23 verse 19. It says this, God is not human that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? No. Does he promise and not fulfill? This is, God is the opposite. When he says something, he will fulfill it. When he, he doesn't go changing his mind and go, oh yeah, I was just, me- I was just mus- um, mus- mussing with you, mucking with you, messing with you, all of those things together. I was just messing with you, ha ha, got you, everything's changed. That's not God. That's my teenage kids to one another. Ah, oh, got you, I was just messing with you, surprise. That's not God though. God's like, I gave you a promise, and I'm going to fulfill that promise. Now, it might be delayed. It might look different to what you first thought it was going to be. But the promise still stands. And I want to encourage you today. Have courage. Take courage. Put your faith in God. Nothing else. Put your faith in God. And remember, it will be exactly as he said. Speak those promises out until faith comes into your heart. Declare the word of God. Sing the song of deliverance in this hour and you'll find that faith will come and fear will go. Now, will, will it, if you do it once, will it go forever? No. It's an ongoing choice in this season. And let's be those people who know the language of faith, who speak the word of God, who sing the songs of deliverance, who fill our homes with worship music, who reach out and put courage in everybody around us and know that God is for us. Would you close your eyes and I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you that in the midst of this global storm, that you are still on the throne. And today I pray for every person watching. Let courage come into their heart in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of fear discouragement, anxiety now of people's lives watching this in the name of Jesus and I command fear go in Jesus' name. Let the peace of God come into hearts. Let the presence of God fill rooms, fill homes. Lord, where there are unknowns, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. You've got our back and you're for us. And so I pray, begin to let us see a way through. You've got plans for us. You're not surprised. Your word will come to pass. It will be exactly as you said. In the name of Jesus. While you've still got your eyes closed, talked about having faith in God. You might be watching today and you've believed that God's real or you've been a little indifferent about God, but you find yourself right now going, I need something to believe in. I want you to know that you're created for a relationship with God. It's the way God made you. You'll never really be fulfilled until you come into that relationship with him. You'll never discover your purpose until you connect in a personal way with God. You'll go around in circles. Something will always be missing in your heart until you surrender to God. And I would love you right now. That would be my greatest privilege in this moment to lead you in a prayer. 
that connects you with the God who created you, who loves you, your Father in heaven. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to pay for all of our sin at the cross at Calvary, to be nailed to a cross, to be tortured and die a horrific death so that our sin which separates us from God could be forgiven in a moment if we turn to him and believe in him.